Okay, so the season barely started, and you're starting already? I'm starting. (laughs) Listen, listen. Season two, y'all better get ready. Because we're taking this to a whole new level. Okay, where where are we going with this? We'll go up, up, you know, (laughs) stepping it up. Above 90. Above 90. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Welcome to the Leading in Love podcast. If you are a leader in any capacity who is married or considering marriage, you're tuned into the right place. We help leaders take care of their marriages. Remember, you are a successful leader and your marriage and family can be successful too. You don't have to sacrifice leadership for love and you don't have to sacrifice love for leadership. And now, here are your hosts, Gary and Julie. So welcome to the Leading in Love podcast with Gary and Julie. Julie. We're excited that you're joining us, as always. As always. How are you doing? I'm doing amazing. Glad to hear. Glad to hear. So we're going to talk about how marriage is doing these days. Mm. So we're going to look at some trends. Uh, we did a bit of research, pulled some stats. And we're going to see what the polls are saying, what the studies are saying about marriage. Right. Right. So marriages change a lot over the last several decades, mm-hmm. um, probably most notably in the last fifty to sixty years. You know, marriage has been going on since human beings existed. Of I would course. argue. Of course. So, a lot of the changes though was noted by things such as the women's movements. Yeah. And those initially focused on legal rights such as women's suffrage, like being able to vote, but eventually expanded to touching on every area of women's experience. Mm-hmm. So politics, work, the family, and of course sexuality. And then thanks to technology, these movements have expanded globally and they're sort of like a unification right. across the world. And we see that. Um, you heard in the news, uh, articles, so forth. And we're going to get into the impact of feminism in, at some point, but... Other things that have impacted marriage include technology, employment, education, shifting public attitudes, demographic changes, and perspectives on religion. Yes. And of course, these things don't happen in isolation. They're very much interconnected. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So marriages, they're not what they used to be 50 years ago. No. And there have been notable changes, and we're going to talk about some of those changes. Interestingly, people still want to get married, though. Because, of course, there's a lot of benefits to marriage. Mm -hmm. Uh, Back in episode 28, we talked about reasons why you should get married. And now we're going to talk about the most recent marriage trends. That's right. So let's talk about them. So the first one is marriage rates are declining. So less and less people are getting married? Well, a number of people getting married is declining. Okay. Okay. People are seeking alternative relationships. So couples are more likely to enter into a common law marriage with no plans for an actual marriage of walking into a church if you are Christian, Mm -hmm. a building, locking and sitting in front of some sort of leadership that is saying, from today, this is the day you're getting married. Right. And we see this because they take on very large debts, such as buying homes together. Yeah. Okay? Some may even go as far as 
maybe because they've had children. And because they've had children, they're like, let's let's put our life together. Right? Yeah. Before marriage isn't really that big of a deal. Well, I mean, to that point about going into very large debt, once you buy a house, I think it's hard to come up with thirty grand for a wedding. Yeah. Because there was or the the other thing is let's just live together. That way we don't we could put the thirty grand towards the house. Exactly. As opposed to paying for a wedding so people could come eat and leave. <laughs> right? Exactly. Now research has found that common law relationships has skyrocketed to equate for four times more than marriage rates as of 2014. So people are getting married less, but they're still hooking up. They're still, if that's, that's not the right. But people are still having relationships. People are yeah. still having relationships, def- definitely. Yeah. So uh, to couple with that or to add to that, divorce rates are steady. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... The divorce rate in North America is still somewhere between 40 and 50%, right. even though marriage rates are declining. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So even though marriage rates are changing, half the people who are still getting married are still divorcing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not too surprising. Um, in America, though, divorce rates have increased among older Americans. So there was a 2015 study that claimed that 10 out of every 10,000 adults, 50 and older. 10 out of 10,000 adults? Ten out, sorry, 10 out of 1,000 adults. Okay. Yeah, sorry about that. 50 and older yeah. had divorced. Yeah. In the 90s, or the last time it was checked in 1990, it was 5 in every 1,000. Mm. So that's doubled. But for those 65 and older, the divorce rate tripled. Wow. So we're seeing, even though marriage rates are declining, um, overall the divorce rate is still down, but we've seen certain segments, mm-hmm. as in those who are older, 50. And when you're 50, you're in the middle of your career. You're at the peak of your career. Because mm-hmm. in 15 years, you should be retiring. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So at 65, but even at 65, people are walking away from their marriages. Yeah. Which yeah. is very interesting. Now... Uh, the next point is average age of marriage is higher. Okay. okay. The average age of first marriage is around 28 for women and around 30 for men. Wait, we beat that by like, no, you were, <laughs> when you got married and you were 19, <laughs> I was 22, Lied. almost 23. So we're like nine years ahead of the average. We were not in the average. That's for no, sure. No, jeez. <laughs> So people are staying single longer. Um, they are staying in school longer and and delaying entering the workforce, which also delays financial stability. Mm-hmm. And many want to be financially stable before starting a family. So higher likelihood of a dual career families leading to a dual career families with children. Yeah. So there's that part of it. Yeah. Where at least when they get married, they'll have two incomes. Mm-hmm. But they're getting married later. Of course. Which means that you might not want four kids between 30 and 40. Because the women's cycle, you know, kind of drops off at a certain point. Yeah. You don't have a lot of energy either. That's a good point. As well as you still want your career to excel. The more children you have, the harder it is. Especially when you have them in a short period of time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. 
Okay. Oh, but here's the other part, though. So while their mar- average marriage age is higher, mm-hmm. married couples are having fewer children. Mm-hmm. Spouses are prioritizing careers, as you said. Yeah. Um, cost of living is high, so you're going to have dual career family. Yeah. Think about it. Um, in order to own a home, possibly drive two cars, because you're not going, your husband and you aren't working on the same street. Right. So you probably won't carpool. Nope. You're going to go a different direction, so you need two vehicles. Mm-hmm. Um, the children have activities. One's over in the east, one's over in the west. Yeah. Unless they're in the same. One's into swimming, one's into dance. Mm-hmm. So, and then the time before they even get old enough to do that stuff, daycare. Mm-hmm. So that stuff is expensive. So you're going to have fewer children mm-hmm. to offset the higher cost of living. And I mean, also, you think about it, you work so hard, you want to be able to enjoy life. Yeah. So you want to be able to go on vacation with the family. The cost of even going on vacation becomes higher. Yeah. Just for our family of six to travel across our country to go support a family member is costing us somewhere almost five five grand. For plane tickets. Just for plane we tickets. We haven't stayed anywhere. We haven't <laughs> eaten anything. Yeah. We ha- you know, there's so many things that haven't been done yet. Exactly. And besides, you know a lot of these vacations... It's like family of four. I think they need to upgrade it. <laughs> Get it up there for families of five and family. Yeah, they're rare, but still, man. The worst <laughs> thing is having to book two rooms or, you know, I go check in, keep everybody in the car, then we all walk in <laughs> one at a time so oh, they don't know. that. You can't be doing that stuff, right? And then you're all packed up. In the next six, six of us is leaving it on checkout day, but only they only saw three of us going in. Unbelievable. <laughs> That's a funny one. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, of course, like I said, daycare is costly. In some cases, though, one spouse's income could be paying for daycare. Yeah. So why work? Exactly. If all your money's going to get, you got to wake up in the mornings. Yep. Get your kids ready. Mm-hmm. Bring them to daycare. That's already work. Mm-hmm. Then go to work and deal with the people at work. Mm-hmm. Leave work, mm-hmm. unless obviously you might work out some with your spouse, but that depending if the schedules match. Right. Leave work to go pick up these kids and then go back home and do it all over again for five days. And then they wake up at 6 a.m. on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so might as well just stay home. You don't have to drive them anywhere <laughs> except, you know, drop them off for a play group for two hours. You go shopping or whatever the case yeah. is. So all these things, the decision for one spouse to stay home, you know, also presents the risk of missing out on career development. Mm-hmm. So there's so many things to juggle. Well, you know, wasn't that our our story? Yeah, yeah. You know, we decided, okay, it just makes more sense with our first three for me to just stay home. Mm-hmm. I I was a nurse at the time, and I thought I can always jump back into nursing. Yeah. It's just nursing. Right. Right. They're always in need of nurses. In the middle of that, Career change. Yep. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I could have grown my career as mm-hmm. a nurse if I stayed. But yeah, the cost of daycare is very, very high. You know what's like? Your parents are from very large families. Yeah. Like you, your mom has a lot of siblings. Your dad has a lot of siblings. Yep. My parents have a lot of siblings. Mm-hmm. Back in those days, you got married. You just did it till whatever till you stop having kids. Yeah. But now, from the time you get into university, before you get to university, you got to think, okay, 
Am I on scholarship? How much money do I have to borrow? Yeah. And how long is it going to take me to pay that back? Right. What job am I going to get? Is it going to be enough for me to pay that, pay off my debt yeah. and save money to get married or get a house? Yeah. So now you start thinking, well, if I have all this debt, a house is going to cost a lot of money. It's half my income. I need a car. And with the debt and all the, the bills, you're not saving much. Mm-hmm. Then you have to deal with daycare. So way ahead, you're thinking, I really can only have two kids. Right. Maybe a third one might, might pop up. Yeah, after you get two out of daycare. Then yeah. you might bring in a third one. Because, you yeah. know, you don't want two, three kids in daycare. There's no at an additional child discount. Yeah. Because it's the same amount of work for each child at the daycare. And that's why some, some even uh, do family planning where yeah. they, okay, you know what, we'll have their, sorry, the, the gap between the children the age gap between the children is larger yeah. because you want only one child at a time. Which means you got to start earlier, though. Which means you got to start you can't, earlier. You, get, you can't do that at 30 because if you're putting three <laughs> years in between, your last child's coming at 39. Oh, my word. And if you're putting two years between, you're missing prime career years development, 30 to 36 mm. or 28 to 36. And really, at the end of it, it's for a good retirement. Can you think yeah. about it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But moving along, moving along, what's what's our next one, my dear? Marriage counseling is higher, right? Yeah, that's Uh, true. Since 2010, couples and marriage counseling has been increasing. Yep. Suggesting that couples are more inclined to work through relationship issues and try to adapt to partners' needs and changes. Mm -hmm. So society is so complex. You know, we're not marrying the people or the, the, the girl down the street whoever we know their family and mm-hmm. their background and everything. Mm-hmm. You're marrying somebody who's coming from a completely different part of the world, different cultures, mm-hmm. different expectations, so, and different beliefs. Mm-hmm. So the complexity of marriage is so much higher. Mm-hmm. So these things that were causing marriage, you know, marriages to fall apart, now people are investing time in counseling. Mm-hmm. Now, couples are obviously constantly adapting to each other, which means that they're changing together. Mm-hmm. The issue is that they might not be doing it at the same pace. Mm. And we talked about this because uh, in the workplace, you as my spouse is exposed to certain people and you already have an interest because you have the same job. Right. And then I'm exposed to different people. Yes. I go to work. I talk about my issues to these people. I might not tell my wife. Right. Yeah. So now there's this divergence that you don't even know about. Right. Because you're not sharing everything that happens throughout the workday when you get home within Mm -hmm. the three hours you have between kids and hanging out, whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. So there's this divergence that happens. Mm-hmm. So we're changing physically. We're mm-hmm. getting older. We're changing psychologically. Mm-hmm. Our emotional makeup is changing as well. But it's like, where is our spouse? Mm-hmm. How are they faring? How are they getting along? What, what are, what's their deal, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So with all that happening, marriage counseling has now become really Really, really important. Mm-hmm. And it, said, it could be two things, though. It could be that more people want to save their marriage mm-hmm. or more people want to say that they tried to save their marriage. Ooh, you touched that one. And we're going to talk about that in a, in a, in a subsequent episode because 100%, there's people that I've spoken to somebody. They're having marriage issues. I'm like, yo, did you go to counseling? Yeah, I did. It didn't work. <laughs> How many times do you go? I went the first, you know, saying some people. I go the first time. I didn't like how the counselor looked. They didn't look married. They didn't look old <laughs> enough. They're not from my religion. Trained. 
professional. And we're going to get into that stuff yeah. because we really we have will. to hammer that home because in that case, go learn how to be a counselor and counsel yourself. Exactly. They get very strong training. They've done, I don't know how many hours, but quite a few, almost uh, several years, I, I believe, before they can sit in front of yeah. couples. Right. You're messing with people's lives. You exactly. Can't, you can't, but like, uh, like my honey here has said, we will be getting into it. So let's move on. Yes. And we're going to talk about why people marry according to some of the research out there. So light them up. So according to Pew Research, the top three reasons why people marry are for one, love. Ooh. Nine in ten, according to a study conducted in 2013. Okay. Okay, the second one, lifelong commitment. Mm -hmm. The third one, companionship. Okay. And now the bottom three reasons were, one, religion, or having a religious uh, ceremony. Two, financial stability. And then three, legal benefits. Because when you're married, two incomes. Mm Mm-hmm. Or... One person works, one stays home. Mm-hmm. So there's a financial benefit. Or you marry a rich dude or you marry a rich woman. Mm-hmm. So there's more money coming in. You can do more money with stuff. Right. Legal benefits, there's a lot of rules and laws that support married people. Yeah. Like tax benefits. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, divorce laws. If you're, if, you're, if you're in a common law relationship in certain places, if it hasn't been for, say, two years minimum, mm-hmm. you're, you're, and your breakup, your spouse has... it's. Take your stuff and go. You take your stuff and go. Mm-hmm. As opposed to you've been married for five years. You got to split it way down the middle. Right. Even if one spouse has never set foot out of the door to go lift anything. Mm-hmm. Right? Like if you're an NBA player and your wife never did a layup. <laughs> she never. She wasn't in the gym shooting jump shots. Uh, anyway. <laughs> that would be more she like gets half story. What? Because you ain't shooting no jump shots? I am not shooting any jump shots, that's for sure. <laughs> so that's those are the top reasons why people... I mean, at least love is still at the top. Listen, I am a sucker for love. I love... I love wedding season. I love seeing pictures. I love going to weddings every year that comes around. I have to at least attend one wedding. Which wedding are you going this year? Oh, yeah, we are, we are going to a wedding this year. We're going Did to, we go to a wedding last year? We're going to, to yeah. Who got married last year? I don't remember. But I remember we didn't go to, What? We did. Every year we go. Okay, well, it's not like a thing. Okay, though. you know what? Let's move on. We, have, we, we do have let's, a wedding. Yeah, let's yeah. move one of on. Our, one of our friends is getting married, so that's going to that's gonna be exciting. We have two. Okay, well, I guess we're going to two weddings this year. You're forgetting. Yeah. <laughs> Good All right, so what about remarriage? Okay. So, according to Pew Research, remarriage is on the rise. So, Ooh. I wonder if... So, the first thing that we said, the number of people getting married is declining. Mm-hmm. But yet, remarriage on, is on the rise. Maybe you should have qualified and said the number of people getting married for the first time. Maybe. Yeah, okay. Maybe. So, in 2013, 23% of married people had been married before compared with just 13% in 1960. Oh, yes, of course. Now, 4 in 10 
new marriages in 2013 included a spouse who had said, I do, at least once before. And in 20% of new marriages, both spouses had been married at least once before. Mm. Remarriage is more common among men than women. Okay. Now, I put that stat in there, and mm-hmm. I don't get it. Okay. How? Among, let, let's, <laughs> let's continue first. Okay, all right, among previously it. married men, those who were ever divorced or widowed, 64% remarried, while only 52% of previously married women. So either people are dying off or they're not answering the questions in the survey. What do you mean? Well, how could there be more men getting married? Who are they marrying? Well, they're, they're marrying women. So hold on. All right, you know what? Hold on what? Move on. Yeah, move on. I don't get it. No, Maybe you guys out there can figure it out. If you get it, then holler at me. No. Answer. Question. Ask, ask the question. How can more men be getting married than women? How does that stat make sense? Okay, so what they're saying is, um, I guess when when... There's a divorce. Okay, I get. I, yeah, most you're right. likely yeah, yeah, okay, it's the men fine. that are getting married. While the women, yeah, okay, 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 okay. Well, and then the women, it's a lower percentage. Right. So men will choose to remarry as opposed to women who say, "Okay, I'm not, I'm not doing this again." Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fine. So. So, so it's not. Yeah, I, I was. I mean, oh, I should have understood that. So it's not that. If it was first marriage, though, mm-hmm. it should probably be. Pretty close. It shouldn't be like a, such a big discrepancy between men and women getting married. Unless you're going to look at how many women there are and how many men there are. Mm-hmm. And say, okay, well, 30% of the men that, that are alive right now are married, whereas 24% of the women are alive right now are getting married. Mm-hmm. Because the numbers are different. Okay. But I, I get it. Why, do you, why, why is that, though? Why are men... Why do men jump back into marriage and women chill? Because... The issue is, if you get divorced and you run back to a marriage, you haven't solved your issue. Well, yeah, of you're going and 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 I think I think we're gonna get back to the get to a stat later on where, if it's not in here, I'm gonna mention it. That fifty percent of first marriages fail, sixty percent, more than sixty percent of second marriages fail, and more than seventy percent of third marriages fail. Mm-hmm. So, dude, you haven't fixed the issue. So, you know how I think. I've I've said it before. You have. For me, most likely, if that, we were to ever walk down that path, I'm not remarrying. I wouldn't desire that at all for the sake of my children. Right, right, right. You've mentioned that. Right? I have. Maybe a lot of women are thinking the same way. As well as, I wouldn't want to step into... A marriage, mm-hmm. um, and treat somebody else hostage to whatever hurt me from my previous marriage. Right. And it's hard for women to get over things. Now, um, I know somebody who recently got a divorce, or maybe not. Well, I would say three years is is as recent. And no, actually, maybe five, 
years now. And uh, she is currently purchasing a home with a gentleman that was also previously married, but they're choosing not to get married. They're actually common law. Yeah. And they said, she told me that they pretty much said, you know what, we don't, we don't need to remarry. We don't need to actually get married in order for us to be together. Yeah. Okay, so to that point, I remember running into somebody I went to high school with. Mm-hmm. And they were married. Mm-hmm. And they got divorced. Mm-hmm. And now they're on a dating site. Mm-hmm. And the person that they are talking to Mm-hmm. was previously married okay and is now divorced and they both have children okay so but they're not making that they haven't made that step yet mhm i don't know if that's the same thing <laughs> <laughs> but the, either way there's some people choosing to get married <laughs> and some are choosing maybe the guy wants to get married he's going to be like you know what Let's not. Well, that was... And then the other thing is that each of them have a spouse who could be making that same choice. Yep. Anyway, there's a thing that supports your stat there. So among previously married women, 54% said said they did not want to marry again, compared with 30% of men who said they didn't want to remarry. Yeah. Maybe men just need to... They just they need companionship, huh? Well, they desire the Sheesh. companionship. But I think men also want to please. To please? To please. Please who? The woman that they're with. Uh, okay. Okay. So, you might... Fi- a divorced man might end up finding a woman who has never been married. And mm. she wants to marry. She wants to be titled as a wife. And because that man, uh, very, very good. right, because very. that woman wants to feel as if I am a woman of value. We may not have children together. You have children previously with this other woman. Don't title me the, the same. Other woman. Yeah. Okay. So now she wants to feel more valued yeah. as if I am your future. Yeah. And if I'm your future, show me your loyalty. So... Then the man will feel, I'm not saying obligated or pressured. But he'll want to please his he'll wife. he'll want to yeah. please the woman that he is now exactly. in love with. Yeah. Even though he's like, I really don't care if we're married or not. But I'll do it to please her. That's and go through that entire process. Again, because women are naturally emotional. I must say that was very well articulated. So let's talk about intermarrying. Okay. Um, one in six newlyweds, 17%, were married to someone of a different race or ethnicity in 2015. Mm-hmm. This number was 3% in 1967. So obviously we're talking about North America most mm-hmm. likely. Mm-hmm. But in many parts of the world, intermarrying was, mm-hmm. and still today, it's still punishable by death. Like you marry somebody outside the religion, outside the race, you could get killed. Not in North America. Some of these stories have gone untold, so we don't know. Okay. 
Well, if you read the news, there's a lot of... Uh, there's Some religions are very adamant about whether or not you marry within the class, mm-hmm. um, within the ethnicity, mm-hmm. or within the religion. Yeah, that's And I've seen stuff in the news where people get in a lot of serious... become Their life becomes in a lot of danger mm-hmm. if they choose to go, go against the family's tradition. Mm-hmm. Like, people are, people are going to jail, people are being extradited mm-hmm. for, for these things. So it, it exists. Mm-hmm. Now, um, there's some disparities among the generations on intermarrying. Okay. So we talk about Gen Zers. 50% of Gen Zers or Zers and millennials say people of different races marrying each other is a good thing for our society. Because they see the world as more interconnected, more global. Mm-hmm. 41% of Gen Xers say it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas the boomers, 30% of boomers and 20% of those in the silent generation say it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. So 30% of boomers, so 70% don't agree with it. 20% of those in the silent generation say it's good. So that means 80% don't agree with it. So these are part of people born like in the depression days yeah so they're you know they're octogenarians they're older now they don't they they still see race as a dividing factor Mm -hmm. between people so i you can kind of understand that's more of a cultural mindset Mm. as you see across the generations Right, right in our generation there's less people that think that being married is not a good thing but Mm -hmm. more think it's a good thing Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so let's continue what about those who are never married? Talk about that for a bit. So, those who are never married. Men are more likely than women to have never been married. Okay? Uh-huh. This is 23% versus 17% in 2012. And this gender gap has widened since 1960. Okay. When 10% of men ages 25 and older and 8% of women of the same age had never married. Mm. A new Pew Research survey finds that about half of all never married adults, 53%, say they would like to marry eventually. Okay? Okay. Roughly one third of today's never married adults, 32%, say they are not sure if they would like to get married, while 13% say they do not want to marry. Okay. Why is that? Among this group, men and women are looking for distinctly different qualities in a potential mate. What, 6'5", 220 can jump? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. 6'5", 220 can jump. (laughs) It's so silly. Yeah, 78% of never married women place a great deal of importance on finding someone who has a steady job. Yep, we okay? talked about that. Money's a big deal. For never married men, someone who shares their ideas about raising children is more important in choosing a spouse than someone who has a steady job. Okay. Among never married, both males and females place a much lower priority on finding a partner who shares their moral and religious beliefs. Wow. Has a similar education, uh, a similar educational pedigree, or comes from the same racial or ethnic background. So that was a mouthful. So yeah, basically, they don't care about your religion. They don't nope. care about your moral standard. Nope. They don't care if you're from the same race or ethnic background. So what do they care about? 
You want to get married? Yeah. Interest? What do you like to do? Do you like to travel? Yeah. Do you eventually want to get a job? Do you like to move around? Do you like to do fun stuff? Mm-hmm. What are your uh, social consciousness? Right? Mm-hmm. The other thing is that weddings are expensive. Let's not kid ourselves. Yeah. Average spend is from anywhere between 30K and 100K. That money could be spent elsewhere. Yeah. Like, pay off your student loans, <laughs> buy a house, get uh, some of those hobby things, you know, get a car and some kayaks. <laughs> <laughs> so many other options to do it. 100K, then feeding some people who are never going to wish you happy anniversary. <laughs> and when your marriage hit the rocks, they're going to say, yeah, I knew it wasn't going to, I knew that was going to happen. Can you and imagine? they ate, they came, they drank the they, food, they drank what? the, they drank the wine and whatever. They ate the food, they danced up to the music, to your playlist. Yes. And then now they're hating that your marriage is on the rocks. Let me, let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you. You know, whenever we hear couples are getting married, we say, congrats, congrats. And then my husband said it best. The stress test. The stress test. No, he says, he says, if you would not invite them to your house to sit down and have dinner with you. That's not how it goes. What do you say? Said, if how you, do you say it? If, you, Sorry, if you're not going to take me to a restaurant that I pick oh, yes, and spend right. $100 on my food, yes. then don't invite me. you don't have to invite me to your wedding. Yes. That's a stress test. That. Because so that's what it, it costs for a wedding to pay, to pay yeah, for people's food. For a plate. Right. And then people are going to complain. So if you, if you can't take me down to a restaurant downtown that I want to go to and pay $100 and watch me eat $100 worth of food. Uh, food and, and drink and whatever, up as much and then, as I want to drink up. And then dap you up and leave. <laughs> dap you up. <laughs> dap you up and bounce. And leave and maybe text some other people that aren't at the table. Yeah. Then you don't have to invite me to your Then wedding. don't invite me to your wedding. <laughs> All right, so let me let me talk about this part. What does this mean for CEOs and leaders? Yeah. There's a professor of psychology at Guilford College in North Carolina named Richard Zweigenaft. Mm-hmm. And he, he co-authored a, a book with William, okay, G. William Domnap. I can't pronounce his names. And it's called The New CEOs. And it's a study of women and minorities who are chief executives. And he mentioned the following. In order to operate at the CEO level, you need to be married. Mm-hmm. Because apparently, according to the study, you cannot compete in that atmosphere, in that level without a spouse Mm. you need a partner who is willing to be devoted to your career Mm. and they also pointed out there are very few single career with children families where the wife is a ceo and the husband stays home Mm. okay so nearly all husbands of wives who are chief executives have had some occupation even if it's modest compared to their wives Mm -hmm. and the other point is that 18 of the 28 women ceos in their study were parents their mothers there you go. So, bottom line is, we said marriage rates are declining, divorce rates are steady, people are marrying for different reasons. Um, if you're going to operate at that level, CEO, very demanding job. Yeah. A lot of them will read about them. They're up at 4 a.m. reading the news, checking emails at and get whatever time, getting to work for 10, coming home at 11. Mm-hmm. You need support. You yeah. have to be married yeah. to be able to work at that level. Absolutely. Okay? 
So these are just some of the trends about the outcomes of marriage to date. Um, I guess in a few years, we're going to update people. If, I don't think anything will change drastically. And some people compromise on what they want in a spouse. Some people think that they can change in a spouse. And a lot of what we don't get in marriage is what's really going on in, in the hearts of the people. Mm-hmm. Like what we don't understand about marriage. We don't know everybody's heart. Mm-hmm. Right? So... Um, the bottom line is that we're living in very different times. Women don't just get auctioned off to the highest bidder. There's a lot of uh, different cultural movements, political movements that are challenging marriage. Mm-hmm. And uh, leading in love, me and you, Gary and Julie, and the whole crew, we're here to make sure that leaders take care of their marriage. That's right. Because marriage is a great thing, and it is possible to have a great marriage and be part of the statistics that should suggest that your marriage is your best relationship. Mm-hmm. As opposed to the statistic that suggests, yeah, I'm not doing that. That's right. Right? That's right. All right, everybody. That That's is our, our feature, feature for today. Hey. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We love, love spending time with you. All right. Remember, you are a, a successful, successful leader. leader. And your marriage and family can be successful too.